Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Roy won't take no or no comment sitting down. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I uh, I can't call my uh, next guest an old friend because that that wouldn't be appropriate. But I'll call him a gracefully aging friend. <laughs> Dan Dan McTagg, former Liberal member of Parliament, senior petroleum analyst at GasBuddy.com. Mister McTagg, Mister McTagg, let me read you let me read you a quick line that came uh, from a listener by way of email a few minutes ago. Last night, I looked up where our gas comes from. I live in Dunville, Ontario, and found that the gas for this area mostly comes from the refinery in Natticoke. So how is it that supply impacted by a storm in Texas? And you know what the rest is. This guy can see the refinery, well, almost, from where he lives, and his gas prices have gone up high. Well, yeah, it's funny, uh, Roy. Thank you for that. Uh, and yes, you can call me friend, even though I'm raging extremely gracefully, uh, much faster than you, I must say. All that gray hair, but uh, I think it's uh, it's all of those questions that I've had to handle over the years, and glad to still do so. Um, that refinery behind there is uh, one of a few refineries left in Canada. We don't produce enough necessarily to meet our own domestic needs, and in fact, ironically, that refinery, if you're uh, our friend who wrote in uh, looks takes a very careful look. You'll see that there's probably a lot of hoarding and boarding going on there. It's up for maintenance. That uh, There's not a lot of gasoline coming out of that refinery right now, at least over the next couple of weeks as they go through scheduled maintenance. So, um, you know, this was a time of year where a lot of refineries turn their attention from making more expensive to produce ga- uh, summer gasoline over to the winter blends, which will exist from September, 16th, uh, September 15th until pretty much April 15th. But the bigger issue is can Canada, does Canada produce, produce enough gasoline to fill the gap in the United States of almost one-third of refinery capacity knocked offline because of Hurricane Harvey? Uh, you know, normally there's speculation, there's all sorts of games. I can, I spent a generation, as you know, on the station with you and with Linda Leatherdale and some of your other colleagues and guests like Catherine Swift, Michelle Simpson. Right. They know the, the routine. The issue here is that one-third of the largest producer of gasoline in the world, largest consumer of gasoline, one-third of tanks could go empty next week if refineries don't get up uh, running very soon. And that will hit us right here to the south of the border. Now, this is why, because we just don't have the refining capacity or refining uh, options, and is that because we decided, we, the collective we decided, we didn't want more refineries, what, 15, 20 years ago? Well, we didn't think we needed them. They were uh, expensive to maintain. And, hey, if you get an oligopoly, you can get much higher prices. But that's always the case. Mm-hmm. What makes this situation even worse uh, is the fact that uh, we're looking at uh, the prospect of uh, gasoline prices moving up by 60, 70 cents a gallon, or so to 18 cents a liter, if those prices did not go up. And, by the way, I'm not justifying it, but I'm saying that the market price for gasoline continentally, and we do price into that market, we, when we sell oil, we want world prices for our products. When we buy our oil, we pay world prices for our, our products, uh, our, well, that which we consume. What we're looking at right now is the fundamental potential for a shortage, and Americans will be coming north of the border, buying more of our gasoline if we have any left over, especially if it's available at bargain basement prices at $0.70 cent 
uh, bargains as well, because, of course, the Canadian dollar, the Canadian exchange is very favorable to a U.S. buyer. The concern I have is not as much the price, which I think is an eye-popping issue. I'm glad I've been able to anticipate two days ahead for everybody across Canada. I know a lot of people take it for granted, but that didn't exist 10, 15 years ago. The reason I do that is to give people a hedge. They had two days to know it was going up 14 cents. Thankfully, but the reality is that these prices are going to stay very high until the crisis in the United States ends. And we see those refineries have been badly hit, flooded, damaged, can't get oil, can't produce gasoline. And the main pipeline, which is truly the lifeblood of, uh, of motorists and the U.S. economy, which runs from uh, the Louisiana, Texas, Gulf Coast, all the way to pretty much New York, New Jersey, to be in fact, that's offline. There's no gasoline. So uh, with a shortage, you have a far more serious problem. If we didn't raise our prices, you wouldn't have gasoline next week. And of course, we have pipeline construction in this country very much compromised. Um, yes, including absolutely. by people like your former caucus colleague, yeah. Danny Kader, who has no issues with Middle East oil tankers on the St. Lawrence River, though. Pumping a half a billion uh, uh, gallons of uh, sewage into the uh, Great Lakes, yeah. into the St. Lawrence River. Yes, no, he's wrong. <laughs> and he's wrong because he's, he fought with me to prevent the closure of the Shell refinery in Montreal, knowing it would have enormous devastating impacts, not just for the Montreal economy, but in fact for uh, a good part of uh, uh, the North American economy. Uh, and, of course, uh, we still buy a lot of gasoline here in Ontario, which comes, ironically, from Quebec. So, you know, you can't have it both ways. Uh, we need fossil fuels. It isn't just gasoline. It isn't just diesel. It's the entire structure of our society. We've advanced in the past 100 years. So for those advocating, you know, not having pipelines, not having fossil fuels, look, I'm not big on, uh, you know, pollution, but I'm also not big on going back to the state of nature and eating acorns and wearing uh, animal skins to keep myself warm in the middle of winter. Yeah, tell me this, Dan, and we have listeners all the way from uh, British Columbia to Ontario. What's the worst case scenario as far as the cost of gasoline and availability is concerned over the longer term? Well, I think the weekend will tell us much. Uh, we'll see if uh, those ports that were shut down have been reopened. Some of them are opened on condition. We'll see if uh, ships can get in to deliver crude. If the pipelines delivering those crude, those refineries work. We'll see whether those refineries, engineers, and those doing assessments of those refineries to assess the level of damage. You know, uh, 30 degree water and 800 degree uh, uh, units produce and turn crude into gasoline by bending the molecules at high, high heat don't mix. And there's probably a lot more damage than and it could be several months before some of those refineries are back online, which means the continent will be short gasoline. And that means that the price that we're paying today, uh, you know, here in the Golden Horseshoe, uh, out, uh, $1.30, $1.32, out in Vancouver, $1.45, to a lesser extent in Western Canada because of lower taxes and uh, a different market, $1.10. And, of course, Montreal, which hasn't had its final kick in the pants, but I'm sure Mayor Coderre will hear a lot plenty come Monday, uh, Tuesday morning when it's $1.45. Yeah. And the Maritimes at $1.30. Those prices are likely to remain at least for the next couple of weeks but they will not be going back to where okay. they were last week or two weeks ago. The only thing I'd suggest is, as far as the kicker in the pants is concerned, for Kader, turn them around. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dan. All the best Dr. to you. Roy, Thanks for the information. Bye-bye. We'll come right back.